Greetings, and thank you for joining me for quite excellent episode number 33. Today's poem comes from A Poem for Every Day of the Year, edited by Ali Asiri. It is The End by A.A. A. Milne. Before we get to the end, however, we need to explore last week's poem by Pablo Neruda, Ode to My Suit. I really enjoyed this poem. Uh, It somehow manages to be both highly personal, but also about these big ideas that are specific to his moment in history, the the danger felt by people engaged in rebellion there, and also that are universally felt by people. It also manages to feel a bit more epic because of all of the lines that Neruda puts into it, but only because the poem's statements and images all seem so simple and ordinary. There are absolutely much, much longer poems out there, but this one feels big for its attention to the small, in my opinion. Here's the poem. Ode to my suit, Pablo Neruda. Every morning, suit, you're waiting on a chair to be filled by my vanity, my love, my hope, my body. Still, only half awake, I leave the shower to shrug into your sleeves. My legs seek the hollow of your legs, and thus, embraced by your unfailing loyalty, I take my morning walk, work my way into my poetry. From my windows, I see the things, men, women, events, and struggles constantly shaping me, constantly confronting me, setting my hands to the task, opening my eyes, creasing my lips, and in the same way, suit, I am shaping you, poking out your elbows, wearing you threadbare, and so your life grows in the image of my own. In the wind you flap and hum as if you were my soul, in bad moments you cling to my bones, abandoned at nighttime darkness and dream people with their phantoms, your wings and mine. I wonder whether some day an enemy bullet will stain you with my blood, for then you would die with me but perhaps it will be less dramatic, simple, and you will grow ill, suit, with me, with my body, and together we will be lowered into the earth. That's why every day I greet you with respect, and then you embrace me, and I forget you, because we are one being and shall be always in the wind, through the night, the streets, and the struggle, one body, maybe, maybe, one day still. Okay, Uh, to start with, I want to talk about how students made sense of what this poem is. Many of my students saw this suit as metaphor, and for good reason. Um, Some some saw this as a a loved one. One said, the suit is a metaphor for the person, whoever it is, who has made him into who he is. And I can see this, the way we might hold on to a person close to us in our hearts and our minds, even when we're not physically next to us. Um, One said his suit is the structure of his life. It's it's like his own soul, which, of course, the poet mentioned specifically. And many, many students suggested that the suit really was representative of the poet's soul. One said uh, the suit is as his soul and how it will always be a part of him. Like the suit is just that close to who he is. The student said that the suit is representing a person's personality or their identity. It's, it's a protection from the world that others can't take away from us. Uh, another suggested it's a kind of skin 
that together they are, quote, two puzzle pieces that connect in a way completely unique to them. And while this may be the case, that there's protection, that there's like a second skin here, another student along this line challenges that idea, says that although the suit can't actually protect him from something, because it's not, you know, a living thing, and it's thin, but just wearing the suit gives the author a feeling of security and safety. Another one suggested that uh, this suit reminds the, the poet of his duties. The student wasn't clear what those duties are, maybe to the state, maybe to his work as a poet, maybe to his work as a revolutionary. But it guides him as a soldier's uniform does. The narrator is like a soldier then expressing his patriotism to his cause through his uniform, the suit. And supporting this, the student says, is the bullet that is a weapon of war. Solid line of reasoning there. I like it. A couple students suggested, uh, and one in particular suggested, that the, the work that he does is represented by the suit and the way that we all wear uniforms. Students even wear uniforms. And as a result, the student suggests that the work is important enough that he might be killed for it, the suit dying with him. Another student suggested along this line uh, that maybe the suit represents kind of an ordinary, mundane part of life, like it's the everyday. And I think part of what's happening here is is a tonal expression. And few students suggested that that, that the suit was quite so ordinary, but the, the responses in terms of tone were pretty mixed and wonderful. One student noted that it is appropriate that this poem is an ode because of how the suit is glorified, and that's really what odes do. Another said that this is a there is a lyrical approach to this poem that shows the value that the suit has. Elsewhere, there is a camaraderie, an unfailing loyalty, and intimacy between the speaker and the suit. And there's something honest and simplistic in this relationship of a man and his suit. One student suggested that there is a just a really pleasant earnestness to that relationship. And there's like this idea of the suit as a constant companion showed up elsewhere, with one noting that it'll be there through good, bad, even deadly times. That's the kind of constant companion that this suit is, or maybe represents. So there is a, a lifelong partnership here. And as a result, we get tonally the speaker expressing respect and recognizing the dignity in the suit. But despite the comfort the students found in this suit, some students suggest that there's negative imagery that's doing other things here. It suggests that there's discomfort, that there's anxiety in the poem. We get things like uh, the poet saying, filling the suit with my vanity, my love, which feels romantic. But at the same time, uh, the student says there's a sad uh, dismay here in the poem, as though after a divorce. Another mentioned that it is written as though towards someone who may have died. So there's like a kind of elegy here. That's that remorse that we're talking about. Obviously, as a poet who's part of like a large social change and political change, it's potentially deadly. The, the poetry matters because it's part of the working of that resistance. And so a few students pointed to the poetry here, uh, suggesting that maybe the suit represents the poetry that covers Neruda from the world and makes him feel less vulnerable. Another suggested something fairly similar, that his suit is comfortable, inviting, almost threadbare. Uh, 
It's the clothing of a human being that isn't trying to impress, that's lived a life. So it's not a, it's not a, a fancy piece of attire that is false. It's also not something that suggests that he can't have something better that's falling off of him. Just a little worn, comfortable, right? And yet, despite that comfort, another student suggests that his poetry could get him killed. Of course, that plays a pretty significant role in the poem itself. In terms of the meaning we have here, uh, many students pointing to the value that can be placed on things that can be overlooked, suggesting that the poem uh, sets this value, that we should reserve recognition for what everyday things do for us, that we should notice and be appreciative of things that we can easily take for granted. One quote, one says, even though this man's coat means nothing to anyone else, it could mean everything to him. This is the kind of personal, individual relationship that we have with things of value to just us. Another states that our personalities are shaped by the influences surrounding us, and that includes objects and our clothes, of course, as a presentation of who we are. Finally, uh, another student commented that this relationship with the suit is like a romantic relationship where the two wear into each other. They fit more comfortably over time. They change and affect each other. Now, as is usually the case, I try to find readings that are surprising or do things that personally satisfy me. And one of those ways, of course, is talking about this structure. And there wasn't a ton of that this time, and that's okay. Um, this is not a poem that lends itself very easily to talking about structure. However, one student did find something, maybe knowing that I would grab onto it and be excited by it. And so there is one element of structure to be grabbed onto here that, that a student found. And that was in the, the final line where it talks about one body, maybe, maybe one day still. A student suggested that this might be Neruda knowing he was likely to be killed. That's that maybe and maybe in one day, the uncertainty of a future day. And the student commented that this is an excellent way to end the poem because it is dealing with the end of his life, which absolutely. From my reading, I really think this poem has everything to do with poetry and and the function of poetry in making an argument and challenging the the powers that be. And a few students read this in the same way. This isn't the only way to read the poem, but I really do think that the way that he is shaped uh, shaping poetry also has to do with the way that the, his poetry shapes him. The more we say things, the more we are defined by the things that we say when we're talking about challenging cultural issues. The more we are willing to, to loudly proclaim our resistance, the more we are identified and defined by that resistance. And I feel like that's what's happening here. And I think over time, Neruda is becoming comfortable with that voice, with that language of resistance. And it becomes a thing that kind of settles into him, that he's comfortable doing, even if it might kill him. Now, our next poem is The End by A.A. A. Milne. After last week's lengthier and more mature focus, I thought a reversal was in order. So we are back to childhood in this poem, and it's about the first six years of a child's life. This poem only has seven stanzas with two lines in each for a total of just 14 lines and each line is extraordinarily short. If you'd like to be really fancy in your responses, 
These are a special kind of stanza. Whenever you see lines that are grouped together like this, they're called couplets. Whenever each of the couplets rhyme, they're logically called rhyming couplets. There are five rhyming couplets in this poem. I wonder if there's a reason why the last two couplets don't rhyme. Huh. It is hard to say for certain, which is our secret passphrase. As I read the poem, be thinking about how you can use the word certain in your response. Here's the poem. The End, A.A. A. Milne. When I was one, I had just begun. When I was two, I was nearly new. When I was three, I was hardly me. When I was four, I was not much more. When I was five, I was just alive. But now I'm six. I'm as clever as clever. So I think I'll be six now, forever and ever. Students, be sure to use the word certain in your response. You can use it in any format or tense. Certainly and certainty are all fine as well. In addition to this word, you must also be sure that you are putting the title of the poem in quotation marks and using the forward slash in your quote to show where the line breaks are. If you quote parts of different stanzas, and you might, you better use that double forward slash to show that a stanza break was there. These are now part of the scoring for this assignment, and I've included an attachment on the assignment to show you how to do this properly. Don't forget to use the speaker, by the way, in your responses, since A.A. A. Milne may not have been the six-year-old speaking this poem. Remember to complete your paragraph-length response by Wednesday, October 21st, and two replies to the responses of your peers by the Friday that ends the week. Your paragraph-length responses should include a tag and make a claim in the opening sentence or two. Then support that claim with quotations from the poem and commentary that explains how those quotations support your claim. Be sure to read the assignment instructions for a full breakdown of the expectations. If you enjoy this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment on LeidenTeachers.com or on Twitter. I am at LeidenTeachers. The content of this podcast is used as a companion to class instructional activities, and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for episode 33 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite excellent. Excellent.